0: Welcome to Market Adventures Podcast, where I share my journey learning to navigate the stock market, as well as tips and tricks to becoming a profitable trader in the stock market. My name is Alex Cunningham, and in this episode, we talk about saving and why it's important to save and invest. Stay tuned. So saving, why is it important? And if I'm saving, why do I also have to invest too? Well, let's look at the numbers. Almost half of Americans are going to retire with next to nothing saved in their 401ks or individual savings accounts. That's almost half of Americans. Hundreds of millions of people are going to retire with nothing saved. Now, I myself, I'm 26, so i will be considered one of the millennials. Did you know that 60% of us don't have enough money saved for a thousand-dollar emergency? Now, it does not to say that we don't have a thousand dollars saved up, but money saved just for an emergency. So, in, for my family, uh, my girlfriend, and my children, in our finances, we have what's called a, a our cap X account. So, in real estate. Cap X refers to capital expenditures. That's money that's set aside specifically for when large jobs occur. See, the roof goes, the roof goes, uh, gets damaged uh, in a storm, or the foundation is damaged, or really big tasks. Well, again, we're millennials. Is that to say that we don't have $1,000 saved up? Yeah, we do, but we have a separate account specifically for emergencies. Now that's the account that really matters. Now, a lot of millennials do have money. We have money because we do a lot of we do a lot of side hustles and odd jobs in addition to the work that we already do, maybe at our nine to fives. But having that Cap X account, having that emergency account, they say sixty percent of us don't even have that. Now what if that happens? Now, I was actually on the phone uh, not too long ago. A kid that I used to coach in track and field, uh, he called me uh, to talk about um, life insurance and having financial management tools and being ready for if things happen. Now, unknows to to him that I'd already been doing some research on this, he and his, um, what do you call his mentor, spoke about... All of those things. And, you know, you hear about it all the time, about having money saved up, be ready for retirement. You don't hear it as much as 26, but hearing it over and over again and particularly hit me when he said, yeah, you're 26, but you could still die at any moment and you have a family. That is super, super important. For me, having two children and having money saved, not only for an emergency, but having money saved to pass on. Right, We talked last episode about having a legacy, right? A legacy for most people, a legacy for half of Americans, right, is leaving behind bills for their children to pay. I don't want that to be me. So why that matters? With debt continuing to rise, again, most people who have gone to college are in some kind of uh, debt to the college, finding loans to pay either to the government or to some private um, fund. Having increasing debt from credit cards and expensive cars and mortgages, the debt in this country continues to rise. Again, again, that's being led by, obviously, the education industry, right? Because college costs keep going up and up. But the return on investment for college keeps going down and down. With the debt continuing to rise, we can't rely on the government to take care of us. right? We can't rely on the government to take care of us. Social Security can't last forever. I mean, they tell us Social Security is this bucket that everyone pays and puts money into. But did you know they take money out of that to fund other projects? And even so, with the increasing population in the country, Social Security is paying out less and less and less because there are more and more people to cover. And even if it did pay out, a sizable amount. Is it enough to live on? Is $1,100 a month enough to live on? For most people, no. $1,200, enough to live on. For most people, again, no. That forces a lot of people to end up living with their children when they're older. Again, becoming liabilities. Now, we want to be ready for emergencies to happen. We want to be prepared in case emergencies don't happen. It's better to have the money and not need it than to need the money and not have it and also having that quality of life for when you do retire. Or I'm 26, so when I'm when I turn 30, I want my quality of life to be a little bit different than it is now. Right? I want finances to be something that are still on the forefront of my mind, but less so where is it going to come from as a, and turned into how much can I keep? Right? How much can I keep so that when I do retire, I'm not living on all of my efforts and have nothing to pass on. Right? I want to be able to retire be able to live live on a portion of my efforts, and put the rest away from my children. Now, saving money is your personal army, right? We, now we're talking about how that pertains to our podcast. We talk about the stock market. How does saving money pertain to building wealth, right, and using the stock market? Well, the money that you save becomes your personal army, now, if you save five, 10, 20, 30, you could save $100,000 by the time you retire. And combined with Social Security, you still won't have enough to live on. But imagine this what if that money was your personal army, right? We're going to war against the status quo, which is people struggling when they're older. We're going to go to war against them, but we need our own personal army. We use every dollar, and our dollar is going to be sent out into the marketplace and its job is to conquer more dollars and to bring it home. Imagine that. Well, we're taking our dollars and we're having them work for us. No longer do we have to pick up the the mantle to go out and make money for ourselves. We're teaching our money, right? And money is emotion, right? We're teaching our money how to go out there and make more money for us. Right? So... If we go back a couple episodes, we talked about how many accounts you should have, right? What is a, what is necessary to be successful in the stock market? That long-term account, right? That long-term account is actually going to be built with savings and liquid assets, right? So the savings that you have with your, say you have a savings of 401k with your company, that is free money. That's 100% necessary. And you want to contribute just as much as your company is willing to contribute as well. So if your company is going to contribute 5%, then you contribute 5%. And if you want to save more, and you should save more, you should save at least 10% of every dollar you make. When your employer contributes 5%, you take the other 5% and you put it into a long-term account in the stock market. Now, why do we do that? Or why do I say to do that? Well, because, again, that money becomes our army. You may only save $5 a day or $10 a day or $100 and it may seem small in comparison to what you know, real money traders are using. But again, the, our only job is to build our army. The U.S. Army is not going to go to war until they feel like they have a sizable amount of soldiers. So that's why they recruit every single day. They're constantly building. Now, are we at war right now? No. But why are we still seeing army commercials? Because the government understands in order to be ready for war, they have to keep building. So for us, in our financial war, we have to do like they do. We have to continue to build and build and build and prepare for that war. And we build our army through saving our dollars. Right? Now, why do we choose a stock market? Right? Why don't you save your money and buy a property? Why don't you save your money and buy, you know, buy cars to flip? Or you know do e commerce those are all wonderful wonderful tools and I know a lot of successful people in those avenues. But as it pertains to this podcast, and I, and I'm talking to you guys who are listening to this because you wouldn't be here if you're not listening to stock market. Why do I suggest the stock market? Well, that's because the stock market is very liquid. If I buy a house for five thousand dollars and I fix it up and it's now worth. $20,000, right? I fixed it up for $5,000. I bought it for $5,000. It's worth $20,000. So I have $10,000 worth of profit in that house. Somebody still has to come along and buy that house. Now, if you've ever been on Zillow or Redfin or any of those uh, marketplaces for, for reta- uh, real estate, you will notice that there are a lot of properties on there for months and years, decades. The stock market is very liquid. If I have a stock, I'm not going to be... I'm not going to have a for sale sign on my stock for months. Right? It can be sold within a few minutes or even a few hours. So the stock market is very liquid. We want our soldiers to go out, fetch our money, and come back. We don't want them out for months at a time. Right? And the returns could be relatively equal to real estate, right? If I buy a $5,000 $5, worth of options, I could wake up the next morning and it could be, it could be worth $20,000 and I can retrieve that $20,000. Obviously, you have to pay taxes on it at the end of the year, but I can retrieve that $20,000 within a few minutes or a few hours. So we like that liquidity because it allows us to continue to build our army and to build it at a rate that is commensurate with the way that we are aging. Now, to each his own, but again, that's, what, that's why we choose the stock market, that liquidity, the, the ability to, to pull our funds out of our assets quickly. That's what liquidity is, right? So, we can use those stocks in a sense, right? Because of how liquid it is, we can use those stocks to pay for emergencies now. Imagine that. Imagine owning shares of Apple. Right. And I heard a story about this one time, but imagine owning shares of Apple or even Coca Cola. And say you have some kind of, you get sick, you get coronavirus, God forbid, and you have to pay those hospital fees. Imagine having shares of Amazon and being able to sell half of your shares, liquidate, you know, $10,000 worth of money, keep the other half of your your stock for later, and use that money to pay for your treatment. Now Amazon is finally giving back to the community and they're paying for your medical expenses. Imagine owning AT&T stock and every three months you get a dividend and you own X amount of shares. Say you own, um, let's see, if they're giving out 50 cents, Right? If we own 10 shares, we're going to get $5. Right, So imagine we own 100 shares, Right, and every month we get $50. Every three months we get $50. Or say we own 1,000 shares, and every month we get $500. What if every three months you got $500 for free? That's that way of life thing. You're, you can put money aside for a vacation. Now AT&T is paying for your vacation or Wells Fargo. Or Coca-Cola is paying for your vacation. And if you don't want to pay for your way of life, maybe you're 9 to 5. You make good enough money with your 9 to 5 that you don't need to pull any of your funds out. Well, then that's just as good. Because now you have a legacy to pass on. Right Now you have a legacy to pass on. The Richest Man in Babylon, which is the first book, I believe or one of the earlier books in my book list for the stock market course that I am that I, um, right now selling for $5. The number one rule goes, gold cometh gladly, and in an increasing quantity to any man or woman who will put not less than 10, 1%, 1 tenth, excuse me, or 10%, 1 tenth of his earnings to create an asset for his future and that of his family. Now, the beginning of this podcast, I said save and invest, right? Not save and hold, save and invest. What is the number one rule in this book? Gold cometh gladly. What that means is the key to our financial prosperity, right? Making more money is not in going out and getting it. It's being able to have the knowledge That if we put away ten percent or one tenth of our earnings, that more money is going to come to us. Money comes to a place of security, right? If you're saving your money and you know how to protect your money, money will come to you for protection. Right? There are trillions of dollars circulating every day of scared money, right? If you can be a source of protection. That scared money will seek refuge in your purse, right? Gold cometh gladly and in increasing quantity to any man or woman who will put not less than one-tenth of his earnings to create an asset, so save and then invest, for his future and that of his family, right? His future, meaning way of life, emergencies, the unpredictable or the things that you wish for, and that of his or her family, Right? A legacy to pass on. Now, I really recommend this book, *Richest Man in Babylon. It's a very good book. It's a short read. You can get it on um, Audible or any kind of audiobook. You can get it on YouTube. But I do recommend this book. And you will notice that once you read this book, every other book you read on finances will give you the same rule in a different wording. Because it is the number one rule. The law of attraction, right? So, that's it for this episode. You've been listening to the Market Adventures podcast. Again, my name is Alex Cunningham, and I hope you learned something. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. But most importantly, share the show with friends and family you think need to hear this information. Because the more we reach, the more people we can free. Until next time, happy trading.